Welcome to the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast, your guide to help you manage life, money, and multiples. Each episode, host Paul Fenner, Tama Capital's president and founder, and the proud parent of four amazing children, including one set of triplets, will provide insights on successfully sustaining an active lifestyle, career, and family through comprehensive wealth management strategies, financial education, and lifestyle planning specific to parents raising twins, triplets, and more. Learn more, subscribe to the show, or connect with Paul at TamaCapital.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Tama may retain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. What if you had a child on the autism spectrum who couldn't find a job, not because they couldn't work, but because of a lack of opportunities? This was a challenge that Stephen Bear was facing with his autistic son, Sam, who was highly functional. After being challenged by his wife, Barb, Steve invested $30,000 and bought a popcorn company in 2014. Today, Popcorn for the People employs between 70 and 80 men and women with some form of disability, especially those with autism, who might not have had the chance to find meaningful work. As Steve pointed out during our conversation, a job is worth way more than the money for someone with special needs. A job could be a lifeline lifeline to being and feeling independent, to build social skills that are challenging under normal circumstances. And for parents, a job can be an opportunity to see their children develop in ways that they likely thought were unimaginable. Doing good that tastes good is probably the best way I would describe Steve and the organization he has helped to build. I'm sure that you will be buying some popcorn after listening to this episode. Please enjoy my conversation with Stephen Bear. Well, Steve Bear, welcome to the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast. Good morning. Well, as as many people may well may or may not know, um, I first saw you and your son, Sam, on a Today Show episode on a weekend. And we were just talking like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a Today Show follower, but um, your story really uh, pulled at me because I think it sits at the heart of of being a parent and, and trying to do what's best for our kids. And then uh, the the financial side of, of being a parent as well, especially in your case. So I think probably, Steve, the best place to start is is let our audience know, talk a little bit about who you are and the business that you started with your son, Sam, cool. who um, is autistic. So Sam is high-functioning autistic young man. And if you go back to 2014, he had very difficult getting any sort of meaningful, fulfilling jobs. He was doing you know, basically jobs that for his so lousy. Other people made it fantastic. For him, it wasn't great. So one of the last one he was doing was pushing shopping carts at a um, at a, a a major supermarket chain. You know, I won't say the name. Shoprite. And um, he forgot to put on his suntan lotion. It was July. He came home red as a lobster. So my wife is she's a developmental pediatrician. There's maybe a couple of hundred of them in the country. Her whole life is uh, taking care of, you know, young men and women who are autistic or other developmental disabilities. 
And she looked at the situation. She said, this is ridiculous. She said, Steve, you're not worth much to be, but one thing I know you can do is make a business. Go make a business for Sam. So we had no blueprint, no plan, <laughs> no capitalization set up. Um, and, and life's funny sometimes. Every now and then, whether you're, whether you're a believer, you're not a believer, every now and then you really have to stop and wonder, uh, you know, the good Lord doing something because we went, we got at that time. At that time, we got a... Um, yeah, one of those books listing businesses for sale. It, was, it really wasn't that well set up on the internet. And we opened up, and the very first one was a popcorn stand for sale in a local mall. I'm like, oh, popcorn. You know, that's not seasonal. That cuts across all social economic barriers. It's not dangerous to make. I don't really need knives. Uh, I said, that, that could work. And we opened a little popcorn stand. And we bought it for like, it was like $30,000, $40,000. So we, which is always the first lesson I say to people is if you're going to try to do something, don't overcapitalize. Don't throw all your capital in at the beginning. Make sure you have you know, some dry powder because things are going to happen. So how long, so when, when did you guys actually, let me back up. Let's talk about Sam for a little bit. Like how, how did you guys find out about his, autism um because i i know that there's parents that listen to this that have kids who are autistic right. and obviously some that don't and i think it would be really interesting for our, yeah. our listeners to see how you and your wife went through the process so, of that diagnosis you know it, it, right off the bat to all parents listen to the people around you um certainly the people you trust the people around us spotted it first we as parents and we're both physicians didn't sense it and now over the decades, I've seen this over and over again. We love our kids and we tend to think what's going on is just routine. And sometimes it's not. And, you know, one of our cousins had said something about, oh, he keeps playing by himself in, with trucks in the corner. I go, okay, yeah, he likes trucks. And then we noticed when all of a sudden he'd cover his ears and like 20 seconds later, we'd all hear an ambulance. He would hear that sound a mile ahead of the rest of us. And we thought, oh, wow, he's like a little super, a little Superman. And we, again, we didn't really click. And then finally, was his teachers said, he's not listening. Go get his hearing checked. And then, of course, once we started on that path, of course, his hearing was fine, so forth. We ended up with Dr. Gold. I, I don't even know if he's still alive. At Columbia Presbyterian, had an excellent uh, organization that was way ahead of the time. This was like 1994, before it was really exploding on the general population. So... Um, yeah, listen to those who love you around you because the parents sometimes your love gets in the way. That's that's really interesting. I've I've never heard anybody describe it that way. Um, but I get I get it. It makes it makes sense. Like sometimes you're just too close to the action, if you will, to to pick up on the the hidden triggers, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And and look, I'll tell you the other end of the spectrum, because he has twin brothers, and people come to us and say, you know, you your twins are really smart. I'm like, yeah, I know they're smart. You know, they'll one day do what I do, one day do what my wife does. And I know you're really, and, and we, and they once got into a fist fight over the French and Indian War. And, <laughs> you know, we, and we just didn't see it. And, you know, we probably didn't give them the education they needed. Long story short, one became the uh, youngest person accepted to Harvard Business School. And they're both Silicon Techies. One of them is working on it, helped build the driverless car at Cruise. And to me, they were they were my just my two dopey little twins. That's awesome. So, <laughs> so is are your twins older or younger than Sam? 
The twins are about a year and a half younger, and it's interesting because they grew up really as triplets, basically. And well, you know, Sam- I have triplets, right? Did you? Oh no, you were- I didn't know that. Yeah, no. and and part of my triplets, I have a girl who's the oldest by obviously, uh, you know, some seconds, and then I have I, a set of identical twin boys. So it's it's really unique. <laughs> so yeah, they grew up as triplets, and Sam was a very positive influence in the young because he had this high functioning Asperger's type mind. And we'd be learning stuff. And, and so the twins thought, oh, that's normal. And, you know, by the time I was four years old, they could take a state map and go through every and name every state. And then they start working on state capitals. Again, you know, you, you might think it's normal <laughs> until you look back. So so we as parents messed up on both ends of the spectrum. Well, I, I think you, you. I think I would. I would echo what most of us parents would say. We all. We all mess up <laughs> pretty much on a daily basis. Did you? I mean, we we left the manual uh, in the hospital when Bobby gave birth to the. You know, the manual they give you on how to raise a perfect kid. I left mine there at the bedside, and it's been hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed that one too. I missed <laughs> that one too. Um, so. So your wife tells you, comes home and says, okay, you got to start, you got to find Sam a job. You got to start, start a business. So you find this, this popcorn stand in the mall. Um, And so back us up, like what, what year was that, Steve? So that was 2014. And we started small, one or two of his um, friends or from kids from school, uh, they'd, be, they'd be doing sampling, handing out samples, which, by the way, we found was one of the greatest business techniques. Samples will double or triple sales. It's, 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 you know, it seems so silly, such a little thing, uh, but they do. Um, and then the best thing happened to us. Um, they threw us out. They threw us out of the mall because a international popcorn company came in and offered $350,000 for a five-year lease. And they built this kiosk and, and they ran water and electricity, which in a mall is a big deal because you have to rip up that floor. Right. And do it during the day. So you have to do it at night and pay time and a half. And it's a mall. It's unionized. So they put all this money in. So they, they were like, you guys are gone. Uh, and so we went to a second mall, East Brunswick Mall, and now we were starting to get a little bigger, a little more organized, and we added uh, Belgian waffles, we added sandwiches, and that was the next business lesson. Just try to do one thing that you do it and do it really well. You know, try to just if you just do one thing really well, you're you're on a really good path. So we quickly learned to get rid of the sandwiches and get rid of the Belgian waffles. Um, and then this mall came along and we got very lucky. They threw us out. So now we've been thrown out. So now you've been thrown out of two malls. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, and the town of East Brunswick was very smart and they grabbed this developer, Frank Reek, who was kind enough to give us about 1600 square feet, um, in, in warehouse type space. And we, we, we start cooking there. Now we're getting, we're getting even bigger. And pretty soon, within the year, we had outgrown that space, and we moved into where we are now, 4,000 square feet, um, which is now too small for us. And this all is going back to 2014. Plus, you know, you have COVID in the middle of all this. We have probably around uh, approximately 70 or 80 uh, workers with developmental disabilities, mostly on the autism spectrum, 
a few with hearing. We've had a few with visual impairment, which to me is just amazing to, to see them work. Um, and um, it's gotten big. So, so right now, are you are you in a like kind of a mall location, or is it just that warehouse where you guys are actually producing yeah. the product? And then is it? And then how are you selling it? it obviously, okay. it's online, and we'll definitely have yeah. a, a link in our show notes to popcorn for the people that people can go and buy some popcorn. <laughs> we are above doing any cheap advertising. For for our listenership, uh, <laughs> Steve is flashing bags of popcorn. <laughs> um. So it's 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 a warehouse space. We're just producing there. Um, the way we sell it is uh, a number of ways. We're not doing retail out of our own store anymore. That's done. We learned our lesson. Uh, but we, we do go to events. And it could be everything from a chocolate show, a farmer's market, to Rutgers football. We're at Rutgers football games and Rutgers basketball games. You know, 40,000 people at a Rutgers football game. Um, and, and we're at corporate headquarters like Goldman Sachs and uh, a Morgan Stanley. Right. So, And those are good because we call those away teams. You have a, a neurotypical adult and one or two uh, and I say kids, some of the kids are in their 50s, one or two kids uh, on the spectrum. One may be very personable and he'll do the handy on the sampling. Maybe the other one's very good with numbers, but a little shy, so he'll do the point of service. So we have, we call them away teams going out to different places uh, along the Jersey Turnpike at the uh, the travel plazas um, and Philadelphia Eagles and Lincoln Field. So that drives in you know some nice revenue it creates a lot of employment right because you need now people cooking the popcorn and then you have people out selling them so you have that then you um have um places where we're not at but we get sent to out you know wholesale such as the markets in newark airport the Cebu markets uh what used to be hms host and is now i think um applebound aramark Capital uh, cafes, and we we service them off the shelves. And then, lastly, is online, which has a uh, you know which grew about five percent of sales. I think it's up to like twenty five percent of sales. Is that your um, biggest percentage? Of, is online sales of of your total? I don't think it's biggest yet. Okay, because the biggest thing. Well, I mean, you know what? I take the back. Depends how you're going to define it, because the, one of the biggest things is the holiday seasons. Mm. You know, the the Christmas, Hanukkah time uh, could be, you know, like like many other companies, that could be 25%, 30% of your sales. So I don't know if you want to define, I guess you would define it as online. Um, and a lot of word of mouth. We really learned, and one of the things I would pass on to your listeners is, the power of SEO is great, but there is nothing like, um, you know, word of mouth. The word of mouth is all our great opportunities have come word of mouth. Um, and one of the most interesting ones that I just mentioned, the travel plazas on the turnpike. That's a place where we'll get so many calls from. And we realize everyone has to stop there. You can be the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company. You, you could be a, a, you know, a janitor. You could be a salesperson, right? You could be the parking attendant. Everyone's stopping there. And we get tremendous exposure from that. So do you have like, do you have your teams just stationed there at the travel centers? Or is it like a stand that they can just, you know, buy prepackaged 
So product will be on the shelves and then certain days we'll be there with a table um, and either selling directly there or sending them over to the shelves. You know, you walk in, you see this, but well, you, you can't see, you know, we're, we're not on TV, but we have this bright red colors that uh, people spent weeks on deciding on the colors and you can't miss it. You know, popcorn for the people, people always spot the, um, you know, we employ adults with autism. And people just even if they slow down a second or two and you put a sample on their hand and they're hooked. Yeah. And I going back to your point about word of mouth, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I've been an advisor now for over 20 years and really over the last, I'd say, five to seven years. Um, that's really how I've grown are the people that I work with that know who I do, know that I have this really intense focus on working with families. Um and that's that's how it's it's really grown and and i i spend a lot of time like trying to figure out social media and my wife teresa she, that's that's her that's her deal like she's she's a marketing expert that's her career but she doesn't get involved with with tama at all um it's it's solely on on me but it's it's really been you know people having conversations with with other people say hey you got to talk to this guy or in your case hey you got to try this popcorn it's really great and and the 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 idea behind it is even greater, I think. What's fascinating is when you start doing marketing, word of mouth, SEO, you know, Facebook ads, Google ads, um, they all work. And they all work nicely together. And it's interesting because people don't often know exactly where they got the information from. They'll say, oh, I saw you. At, I think I saw you at a Mets game. And I'll smile because we don't sell at the Mets games. <laughs> you know? um, but they know the flavor and they know us. So they obviously did interact. And I'll see that over and over people, it gets into their subconscious. They're not exactly sure where the connection was made, but that connection sticks. Now, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking internet marketing. It works. It definitely works. But it's a lot of hit and miss. You have to find the right people and, and, you know, hold on to the right people. And it, it is, people don't realize it, but the heart of it is kind of boring. You're just checking numbers, looking right. where's it working, where's it not working. So, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm knocking it, but I think the one-two punch of a strong internet marketing combined with local word of mouth and local SEO, that, that's the best bet. So let me, I want to come back to, you, you mentioned, Steve, that you've got about 70 to 80 kids, I'll use your word, kids that that work at at Popcorn Free the People. And those, and you already mentioned this, and I and I remember this from watching the, the Today Show episode, is that, you know, these, these kids can age, range in age from teens to people in their 50s and 60s. So do you, and you kind of reference this, well, when we send people out, maybe we have somebody that's a little bit more outgoing and then somebody that's, you know, better with, with numbers. Right. Right. Do you, do you have like a, how do you pair those people together? Just you, you get to know them and, and figure out like where they function the best and how they can, you know, work yeah. with, with other, other people, you yeah, know, yeah, whether yeah, they're autistic you know, or not. You know, people, uh, you know, apply to, to work. Um, you're very limited what you're allowed to ask. Uh, in an application process, which is a shame. I know that was put there to protect the young men and women. In our case, it sort of hinders because we want to hire you. Right. You know the better, but you're limited what you can ask. So we'll do something along the lines of come in for two days. 
the first coming to get met, and then if it seems okay, come in for two days, and if the two days work out, then you know we'll put them on payroll. Um, and and we have workers who are um, you know ABA therapists, and they don't call them job coaches anymore. I think they call them community support. I think job okay. coaches is now politically out. That was community support. Um, and a lot of those uh, community support and, and therapists, some of them have, uh, a lot of them have uh, family members who are uh, on the spectrum. Even our CEO of the company has a family member. Um, so they, if someone comes in and then you try to find the areas that work best for them. So, for example, um, when you see our popcorn bag, there, the flavor. If you when you finger uh, hand over it, the flavor is a, uh, a sticker. Like we didn't need to put a sticker. I mean, we could pay for it to be prepaid, but we leave that off on purpose because it creates jobs for very low functioning workers. Uh, we also have a sticker in the back, which is tells you who made the popcorn, tells you a little something about the person. Again, that gets put on by hand, not by a machine. That's the lowest functioning jobs, and we have others who do packaging. And we have other workers who cook the popcorn. You know, and then, of course, you have the people who are going out and selling at events. So it sort of mimics the autism spectrum, you know, from a lower functioning to a high functioning. High functioning. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting point that you made in the Today Show episode that you could easily have, you know, those, those packages pre-labeled. Or you can have, you know, bigger machines that pop even more popcorn. But... Mm-hmm. Your your point, your goal was to try to employ as many of these um, these people as possible because if not, they weren't going to get the opportunity to, you know, sometimes even have a job. And I remember one of the the people that that was interviewed in that episode too. Um, the mom was talking about her son, and, and her son like never left her side, never left the house. Oh, but yet he comes to work with you, and it's like it's it's her it's amazing her son is just a completely different person we, i'm sure there's lots of stories like that that you could share he, we did not think he was making it past his second day his first day there was a disaster his second day was a disaster slightly better and we were like look I don't, you know people are like maybe we shouldn't hire him and hey some instinct made them give him a, a third day long story short he is in many ways a a different kid. He used to have to run out and self-stim and talk to himself in the parking lot. And now he's just by, and he's, he's doing some sophisticated work. I believe he's cooking the popcorn. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. So are, do you still have like a wait list for people that want to work with Um, you guys? Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately we do. Um, but um, the, uh, the 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 big news is um, the Philadelphia Eagles and Wawa. I don't know if you're familiar with Wawa in your state, uh, is that so? I'm in Michigan, but I remember those like that's a, like a kind of a gas station, isn't it? Yeah, right. It's a place where you get um, you know coffee in a small like supermarket. I sometimes have a gas station there. Yeah, uh, it's 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 like high level. It's fast food and fast service, but it's high level. And the big thing is that the coffee is very hot. Anyway, they they have combined and working together, and they're, they're building a processing center for us in Philadelphia. Uh, and hopefully, we're going to have huge news on that. You know, a couple of months right now. So you're breaking day. it here first, Steve. Is that what you're telling me? This is a breaking <laughs> story. 
Popcorn for the people with the Philadelphia Eagles, um, who have an incredible program, uh, Eagle, Eagles Autism. Um, their owner, Jeff Laurie, who just missed winning the Super Bowl, um, funds a lot of money every year to the community, autism community and autism re- uh, research. And now Wawa is joining in on this partnership. And hopefully that will help cut that list down. People looking for work. So you you had mentioned this um, earlier, but so are there are there? Um, and I know you said you're not supposed to use the term coaches, but there there are people that are that are with with the with your you know autistic workers that are by their side training them. Is can you walk us like how yeah. how in depth is is that? So again, it varies across the spectrum. I have some workers where it may be one on one or maybe one support to two or three people. Um, there are others who are higher functioning who will be going out with um, with adults who they're not like officially trained, you know, job coaches, but, you know, th- this is their life. They're wonderful. Our main person, one of the main people goes out, Steve Frank. He has a daughter who is severely disabled. So this is his whole life. Um, so he, he will bring, you know, the kids out and he will work with them. Um, and, and they'll they'll travel far sometimes. They'll, they'll travel into the city. I mentioned Goldman Sachs and then back to Jersey. So we're, um, you know, th- there's never a moment where the, the kids are sitting around doing nothing or they're not supervised or there's nothing to do. It's busy. So from a, it, from a financial spin, and you talk, maybe you maybe talk about Sam a little bit, is do the kids understand like the the financial kind of ramifications of of working do they understand um you know money you know their paycheck every week and taxes and things like that is there any work that you guys do around that with with the with the kids so you know as far as imparting financial knowledge no not directly um we it's an interesting thought um and it's very varied i think the attitudes towards the towards the money um i think for most of them it's the fulfillment of being out of the house and completing a job and a lot of money is done through uh the guardians i will say that we always kept we used to be well above minimum wage um and the state caught up with us over the past few years they ended up i think a dollar every year to leave like caught up to us now um everyone gets paid um, the only ones who don't would be the high school kids who come in as classes and teachers, you know, they're still like job sampling, but you know, anyone there who's working, um, you know, get, uh, gets paid. So for the, for the most part, you would say it's, you know, for the, for the kids that are there or that are on the spectrum, you know, they're there more for the really it's, it's the life skills that they're learning. It's not, it's not. I think it's more than that. It, look, this is this is becomes you know one of the biggest part of their lives. They're not sitting home doing nothing. I think they definitely do appreciate the money. Some have better math skills than others. Um, you know, you know the guardians, the parents that we met. You know, are, are by and large, you know, terrific and trying the best they can. Um, and even working there for a lot of them, it's a struggle. You know, there's a lot of expenses. I'm sure you know um so 
you know, we, we, we can't cure everything, but we're able to put a paycheck into the hand. We're able to give them something to do when they get up in the morning and come to work. And then one of the other things we do is we're very flexible. A lot of the young men and women, they're not going to do nine to five, only a small percentage of them. I don't know the exact numbers. But that was, actually, that was one of my questions. Like how many are like, like how many hours are, are people generally working? I'm sure that it's, ve- it's very, very weird. So my Sam will do nine to two, and now he's into expanding that. He's going like nine to two thirty. Um, so it's very, it, it, it's very uh, variable. So when it when it comes to the financial aspect of 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 the business, like does Sam like I know you mentioned Sam's fairly high functioning on the on the spectrum. Does he does he grasp the financial implications of working there and earning money? And then does he have like a bigger, um, maybe a larger understanding of the of the business as a whole and what it's doing? I think Sam has a very uh, natural instinct. So he's not sitting there looking at the PL, but he's getting excited and senses when, you know, the bigness, when the Philadelphia Eagles are coming in. So like, you know, he has a very good sense for that. And he has a good sense for the negative. But when it's getting too crowded there, when it's getting too crazy, you know, that it becomes Christmas time. There's been a lot of work we've turned away. You know, I mean, there was a point, and this would be classic type of thing Sam would pick up on. Where in the summer you get busier, a lot of events, a lot of uh, sports going on. Um, and we had an offer to do like three weeks before we get an offer from the US Open, 14,000 mm. bags. And we all put it like, oh my God, we want to do this, we want to do this. But at the end, we decided not to. We said, Lord, it's going to be too overwhelming. It's going to be like Christmas here in the middle of the summer. And something like that makes Sam very happy that we're not overdoing it. That's that's really interesting, Steve. That he he gets he he's that in in tune and can pick up on, like you said, the the big the really big things. We we got rid of our person who was running the processes and the original sort of CEO, and we brought in a new one. And and this wonderful woman, Karen Katzman, we said, Sam, you know, like a week to Sam, how's uh, you know, how's Karen doing? And he goes, Ah, we made a good upgrade. <laughs> we upgraded to 2.0 CEO. Like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, he's very good at getting to the truths. <laughs> That's awesome. So how many, so what's the, what's your support staff? Like, as far as like people that, that are running are helping to run the, the business that aren't on, on the spectrum per se. Yeah, we have some wonderful people. Most of them have some connection to uh, autism, though not all of them. So our, um, you know, our, you know, the, the I know title we, we want to call running it sort of like the president running the, the the company now is Mark Katz. He's the COO CFO of Vera Wang. Oh wow! Yes, yeah, so we have. Yeah, very well running it. Um, super nice guy, and he's, everyone takes his phone calls. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> right? You know, everyone, he's like, everyone's gonna need a dress one day. Even the guys are gonna have a daughter with a prom date. Or, you know, so everyone takes his phone calls. He devotes an insane amount of time. We we tell him, Mark, we think you're a clone. How can you do all this work? And and then he brought in some some people to help us from Vera. From he knew from Vera Wang. Uh, this young man's name his name is Love, and that's his that's his legal name. Love is perfect because he's HR. 
HR is tough. You can imagine us. Oh, yeah. Workers on the spectrum and and manufacturing, you know, and, and we just uh, we just started, I think this year they just started the 401k and they're hoping, I think by next year to have a medical plan. Um, so people like that coming in from Vera Wang, you know, who, you know, who are helping another woman, Amy, I guess that she's an accountant. Her family has a big accounting firm and she's taking the time. She stopped by that her kids were looking for a, a summer job like six years ago. And we reeled her right in. And now <laughs> she is counting every penny and you will get that text message. You know, where's the expense report you have to send me? Where's the payroll from this week? We, I get it in. So, yeah, we have a lot of good people helping out. And those are and those those positions that you kind of just explained. Uh, those are those are full time paid positions within the within the business. Nope, we give them we give them about a buck a year. Those are unpaid positions. So it's like all like volunteer. Like people are like generously, you know, because gener- generously <laughs> donating their time because they want to be a part of this. And myself too, by the way. You know, you know they give they give me like a free lunch once a year. <laughs> Um, it's very addictive. What's different about us, if you're out there and you're thinking about different nonprofits and who you want to emulate or who you want to donate to, it's really different because it's it's a full result. This isn't some company donating 10% of their profits. And I'm not knocking that. Or some company building one facility, you know, Ronald McDonald House. This is like real. You're pulling people off the dole, off the Medicaid line, and you're actually putting them to work. And then you're seeing them make product. And then their product's on NBC show, or is being spoken about on your show. So to be part of it is is very, uh, very addicting. We've never lost any of our wonderful volunteers. That is incredible. And so I was, I was actually going to get to this question too. So what's your role in the company now? So, you know, I used to do everything at the beginning. And then after a couple of years, my wife very sweetly, you know, turned to me and said, this is over your head. You don't know what you're doing. We need someone who does. Uh, and so now we have, uh, you know, we have my cats, you know, running, running the board. And we have a board now. And uh, Karen Kasman running the processing center. So uh, technically, my role is the founder. Um and I'll be a situation like this, the face of the company. And I'm also the the guy that the 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 Debbie Downer who will say, you know, the king has no clothes. I'll I'll, I'll pick out the things. And I'm also the guy who will come up with um the crazy ideas, the out-of-the-box ideas that will move us forward. So how how in the world, here's the the loaded question. I've probably been waiting all show to ask you this or conversation is. How have you pulled this off going back to starting it? I mean, launching a business is hard enough as it is, let alone like, you know, your mission of, you know, trying to bring in, um, you know, kids on the spectrum. But I think you mentioned like you did, you kept your full-time career going while launching this. How? <laughs> um, I mean, and maybe we need your wife for this question too. <laughs> See, I had a terrific job in high school that taught me about ma- marketing, taught me about you know business connections and lines of communication. A great job in high school. I, I was a bookie. <laughs> 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 this is going to get good now. 
Ever you see the football sheets, you know, pick three games, 10 to one, four games. Yeah. Right? And we had a book in the neighborhood, a tall, doofy Marvin with the high waters, we call him. <laughs> and you get kids like me to go out and, we, you know, it's a big deal because we're making a buck a ticket, you know. Um, and we ended up growing big. And I really learned so much from that. Like he'd give you uh, a ticket and he'd say, you know, you go make copies and the Xerox machine costs money. So I learned if I put one down, now I, Xerox is out, I have two. I put two down, I Xerox it out, I have four. Now I could do four at a time. And he's, he's paying me one and 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 stuff like that. So and then look, through life, I had jobs working, selling food at a pool. I, you know, I had jobs as high as being, um, you know, a, a radiologist running a department. So I got the full spectrum of employment from bookie to physician. And you just sort of use your common sense. One thing I would advise people is um, to read, to read uh, particularly books about businessmen or those who have honest autobiographies, you know, like Howard Schultz's book. Um, what's his name from Nike? Uh, uh, Phil Knight, Shoe Dog. Oh, Nike. You, those those books are very helpful, and and because you, you realize. Yeah, like so nightly, he has he has Michael Jordan, right? And in your mind, you're thinking this man's a multimillionaire, and he's five, six years into having Michael Jordan, and they're still having trouble me making payroll. Yeah, they're still one inch away from collapsing. You can learn a lot from that. You know the Jim Collins books? Uh good to great. Yes. And he has like a series of them now. Mm-hmm. So terrific book about leadership, really about not being a creep when you're a leader. <laughs> <laughs> um stuff like that was very helpful and then the rest you know i'm joking about the booking and high school and all that but i think a lot, a lot is you know you usually just kind of street common sense well i i saw the air the air movie uh over the weekend with my unfortunately i saw it with my daughter who probably shouldn't have been in that theater because of the language but it was, it was a it was a great movie and and uh uh phil knight's uh book is on my uh to read list uh starting here this week i think so is one high-level book, which actually Howard Schultz follows. Um, it is it's called Growing Pains. Now, it's a high-level, more of a college-type book. The last name, I think, is Flamholtz, F-L-A-M-H-O-T-Z. And okay. Howard Schultz swears by that book. Um, and we've been, and it goes like, it begins when you're a small company, like it says you're under 500,000, grow 500,000. So we've, I've also been following that over the years to help us grow. So as we kind of come to the end of our, our conversation, Steve, and I know that we're going to continue to keep in contact. So just, just remember that. Um, what, what about either Sam or the business that, that we haven't talked about that you would want people to know about? Look, and I'm taking zero credit for this because I didn't do it. Um, the popcorn is insane. I don't know if you've had it yet. The popcorn is insane. I mean, we we just devoted all those years to just making better popcorn. And we had crazy Agnes, who has a severely disabled daughter. And our crazy Agnes had culinary experience and she had medical research experience. So while everyone else was approaching it as cups of this and ounces of that, she was approaching it on a molecular level. And so, for example, we have cookies and cream. Yes. And the, kids, the kids pour melt white chocolate over the popcorn, and then they smash up Oreo cookies and sprinkle it in and let it I saw through. that. It's a video. <laughs> we call it our crack popcorn because people just get addicted to it. 
Um, and and she made dark chocolate espresso. The kids melt Belgium dark chocolate over the popcorn and infuse Brustello espresso. So when you get involved with popcorn people, we have this wonderful one-two punch, and we hear it over and over from people like, wow, I'm really doing good here. I mean, this is direct employment. You buy a bag that works out to 10 minutes of some kid having being employed, and some kid could be 50 years old. You buy a bag, and we hear over and over, this is the best popcorn we ever had. This is one of the best popcorns ever. Your popcorn's addictive. Um, everybody's screaming they're natural, they're organic. Our popcorn's really made by hand. You know, it is truly handcrafted. And we will, you know, we will not ever sell out and bring in, you know, multi-million dollar machines. We have some small machines. Uh, so if you want to start a business, try to do like popcorn for the people do, stick to a product, make that pop product great. And then if you can bring in some uh, aspect that you you help the world, it makes it sell even faster. Well, I think uh, I think that's just apropos. It's it's a tremendous, you know, having some experience with with um, you know family that that is autistic. Um, you know, I I just tip my hat to to you and your family and Sam for for what you guys do. Um, let me let me get to my final question. I ask all my guests, and that question is: What is the best thing about being a parent? What is the best thing about being the parent? You know, I think with my kids, the best thing is I learned so much from them. They spent years questioning me, and they still do. And now, you know, now I get to to question them. And, and the world, you know, I don't know if it's an illusion or not, but it feels like the world's changing very rapidly during my life. And so... When I can have a conversation, like one of the boys called up the other day and said, Dad, this stuff about AI, I just got under the hood. I saw what the nuts and bolts and the media is underestimating it. As much as they say it's changing the world. He said, Dad, he said, seeing that and working like that was the same feeling I had the first time when I was like 10 years old and I opened up this thing called the Internet. He said, it's that much of a revolution going on. You know, and and then you'll have Sam, and I'm not saying who you're voting for, voting against. I'm not talking about the politics, just a, a story to show you Sam. He walked in the morning after Trump's uh, first election, when he won the election. He walked in, he looks at the TV screen, he had just woken up, Sam, he goes, wow, Trump won? Goes, that's amazing. Hmm, that's the fifth president from New York. See you later. And the whole room is going, wait a minute, FDR, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt, who's the other one? <laughs> and so you learn so much. That's the best part, uh, I think, about being a parent for me is how much I learn from my kids. Well, that is, yeah, I love asking that question. And I've been, I've had the show now for over two and a half years and we're over a hundred episodes. And I, I love that question because the, uh, the, the different answers that I get and the emotion I, I feel out of out of having these conversations with, with people like you, Steve, are just tremendous. So um, so for our audience, we'll have a link to Popcorn for the People in our show notes. Go out, buy a bag, um, wherever you are, because I know people listen to this uh, show all across the country. So go online to Popcorn for the People and, and buy some bags, especially that um, 
the the Oreo one. It's just yeah, it's, cookies, it's, and it's cookies and cream. It's just it's uh it's incredible. So Steve, I can't thank you enough for being on the Emotional Balance Sheet podcast, and uh, I'll look forward to some more conversations to come. Yes, let's do this again. We'll have some new stuff to talk about. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Emotional Balance Sheet podcast. Please visit TamaCapital.com to subscribe to this podcast or to connect with certified financial planner and registered investment advisor, Paul Fenner of Tama Capital. And please join us again next time on the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast.